0: Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Kosai. According to the Chinuch, Parshas Kosai contains 12 mitzvos, 7 positive mitzvos, and 5 restrictions. Parshas Kosai is Shabbos Chazak. We finish the third book of the Torah, Sefer Vayikra. Before I begin to talk about the beginning of the parsha and a beautiful lesson that is provided for us in the opening psukim. I'd like to just share with you a most exciting pasuk that emerges from the tochacha. The beginning of the parsha tells us that if we do ours and maintain our end of the bargain, the covenant between ourselves and God he will bless us with prosperity peace and the kind of ideal living that we are to have in Eretz Yisrael. The parasha then continues with a listing of curses known as the Tochacha that if we unfortunately are not going to listen and be loyal to Hashem, then He will punish us with various punishments, including that we will be exiled from the land. Parenthetically, the Torah repeats again and again, and in your absence from the land, the land will have its Shemitah. If you didn't do it the right way, and you did not allow the land to lay fallow had not worked the land. When you were there, now that you are out of the land, it will get its due. Something which is a very interesting metaphysical concept. But the Pasuk I want to share with you is as follows. The Torah says, in Pasuk 32, chapter 26, this is a Pasuk worth dancing for, says the Torah, VaHashimosi. Hashem says, I will make the land desolate, meaning and your enemies, your enemies that are going to try to settle the land. In your absence, you're not there. They have taken over your land. So they will try to plant the land. They will try to develop the land. They will try to create a culture and civilization on your land. Says the Torah, to no avail. Vashimosi ani esha'aret. I will babysit. My word. The Torah's idea, the land for you, and to assure that the land will be desolate, waiting for you until you come back. And we have seen this come true in our lives. When they read this Pasuk in Shul tomorrow, the Gabbai should get up and say, Everybody, everybody. Pinch yourselves because we are seeing, have seen this, and are seeing them. And if you look in the Rashi on pusik 32, and I will maintain the land desolate, says Rashi Zumida Tovali Israel. This is good news. For the Jewish people. That our enemies will not find satisfaction in our land. That when we are not going to be there, the land will not, did not respond to our enemies. One big, incredible wow. I'd like to call your attention, however, to the very beginning of the parsha. Starting with (coughs) Pasuk 3, the Torah tells us that If you follow my decrees, my chukim, my laws which you cannot understand, and my mitzvos, you follow and you do yours, so Hashem says, I will do mine. Now, instinctively, before you look at Pasuk dalid, what would you think? So you and I might have thought, says the Meshachma, that since we are doing ours, he, capital H, will do his, and he will provide us with miracles. No, sir, says the Meshachma. Note that the blessings that Hashem promises us are all within the natural. What does that mean? That the rains are going to come. But they're not just going to come that you have rain, you will have them be itam. You're going to have them in its proper time, as Rashi uh, tells us, quoting the Torah's Kohanim, on Friday night, when people are at home, and there'll be the least inconvenience for you. So you're going to get your rain, and it will be the least kind of disturbance and the psukim go on to tell us that we're going to be blessed with prosperity and we're going to have peace in the land why because says the mishakhmah if you think about it the natural order of this world is nothing less than a miracle and listen to his golden hebrew Hateva, nature, hurak nisim ritsufim. Nature is but a consecutive, constant flow of miracles. The problem is that we are so accustomed to nature, and I can tell you exactly when sunrise will be tomorrow morning and when sunset is going to be exactly, and nature goes accordingly, that... We don't see it as a miracle, but the answer is it's His desire, which perpetuates nature on a constant basis, and therefore the last verse that we say in the Psuke de Zimra every morning of Kol Haneshama, Tahalil Kha, Halleluka, the. 150th Psalm literally let all souls praise Hashem our rabbis understand for every breath every consecutive breath is nothing less than a gift and a miracle which Hashem provides for us now this idea is such a powerful one that the Torah is telling us that there is a perfect connection between our observance of Torah, Im b'chu kosai and the way nature is going to function. I'm going to give you three interesting uh, proofs of just this concept. Okay. Let's go to chapter three. And what do we find? That Adam and Chava unfortunately eat from the forbidden fruit. And what does the Torah tell us? That right after they do, so in chapter 3, verse 7, they sewed together a fig leaf, and they made for themselves aprons, to cover their nakedness. The question is, why fig leaves? So Rashi says something incredible. Who ate she'och There are different opinions as to what the tree was that Adam ate from, that Hashem had prohibited. And Rashi's nominating that it was the fig tree. Why? B'dover sh'niskalkelu Boniskinu in the way that they messed up, they rectified through that same tree. Avul Shaar him, but other trees minum held them back. Militol Alehem, the other trees could not, would not allow Adam and Chava to take the leaves from that tree. Why not? They were so upset that Adam had broken the natural order. They were so upset that Adam had defied the will of God, they refused to allow Adam to take from their tree. Then the trees rustled and they made so much noise that man was afraid to go there. An incredible idea which shows that the perfect sync between Torah, listening to God, and nature. Secondly, Go from chapter 3 to chapter 4. Cain unfortunately kills his brother Hevel. And what does he say to Hashem in chapter 4, verse 14? You've charged me to be a wanderer in the land. What's going to be? Whoever finds me is going to kill me. Now, wait a minute. How many human beings do we have here? His father, his mother? They might want to kill him for having killed their son, his brother. They're not going to kill him. Who's going to kill him? Says the Ramban, the animals. The animals want to kill him. Why? Yes. Because they realize, ay, 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 here is a person that has broken that perfect connection between. Nature and God's law, nature and Torah. And therefore, Hashem has to put a sign on Kayin's head in order that the animals should know not to kill Kayin. Third case, there's a very delicious Orachayim HaKadosh on the Shira. Right before the Shira asks the Orachayim Kadosh, what are we making such a big deal out of the splitting of the Red Sea? out of the Shiraz Hayom, when after all, the Gemara in Chulin, Daf Zayan Amar Aleph 7a, tells us about the great Tana Repinchas Ben Yo'ir, who, when he came to the river Genai, and he had missed the ferry, he commanded the river to split for him in order to enable him to do his mitzvah, and the river, did. Well, if the river did split for one special Jew called Pinchas ben Yo'ir, then certainly it should split the sea for two million Jews. And says the Orachim HaKadosh that Pinchas ben Yo'ir was after Matan Torah, but this is before Matan Torah, so that there should be this connection to save the Jewish people with nature, that was something, a miracle. But after Matan Torah, there is this perfect sync, there is this ideal. Hayot Seilano <laughs> what comes out from this very interesting insight of the Meshachachma is that when we speak about miracles and nature, they really fuse together to see nature itself as an ongoing miracle. And it's for this reason (coughs) that he cites two very interesting Gemaras. The first Gemara is that of Shabbos Kufyot Ches Amibayz. Shabbos 118b. So we know that every day we say Pesuke de and which are the chapters of Tehillim. 145 through 150, preparing us for the second phase of Tfilah, Shema and its blessings and Sh'mone Esrei, and on Shabbos and Yom Tov we have an enlarged de Zimra, including Tilim 136, which happens to be Halel Hagadol. Kitov Now listen carefully. Let's say a person, this Sunday, or any day, I have the day off, I want to dive in more, I want to say Halil HaGadol in the morning. The answer is, says the Talmud, don't. That, that is nothing less than Mecharif U oy, 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 blasphemy, cursing, how could that be? And the answer is because that chapter of Tilim 136 is praising Hashem for his extraordinary, for our defeating Og Melech our defeating Sihon Melech HaMori, for his bringing down the Mun in the desert 40 years, for his splitting of the sea. These are all extraordinary activities which if we focus on that on a daily basis one could be unfortunately misled to thinking ah, it's only out of the ordinary which is special and therefore we don't say it every day but what we do say every day is Tehillah leDavid Ashrei because Ashrei has the olive base, which is the natural order and Ashrei has Puseach Es HaShem you open up your hands and you satiate all living beings Ratzon according to your desire but I'm going to give you one last pshat beautiful that Hashem provides for all living beings Ratzon that we should have desire that we should want more that we should always want to improve our lives and as we see Shavuos very much coming soon on the horizon I pray that our zone should be in the realm of spirituality, that our devotion to Torah and mitzvos, our appreciation of Torah and mitzvos, our being on the same page with Torah should provide us and our families with an abundant of blessing and nachas and peace for Eretz Yisrael for many years to come. Shabbat Shalom to all.